Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, this evening we've come together as a congregation to pray, to ask God for His blessing on us in everything and also in the fields in light of the coming growing season. It's a yearly tradition in our churches and it's a good tradition. You see, it's easy to to forget that the blessings we have and the blessings we need come from God. Perhaps it's easier for us to forget than for others in many other places in the world because, because compared to so many other places, we, we have so much, relatively speaking. Even when we don't have something, we can often find a way to get it if we want it enough. And so it's easy for us to live and, and to think as if we don't need God. It's easy to become too busy to pray or to pray Hardly without thinking about what we're saying. That's why it's good. It's good to come together as a congregation to pray, to acknowledge that we need God, and to ask Him to bless us. Not not to replace our personal prayers, but to stir them up. To stir us up to pray regularly, both on our own and and together as a church family. To set aside regular times of prayer, to, to develop more of a prayerful mindset in everything we do. Because you see, we can so easily become self-reliant, self-dependent, self-sufficient. But on the other hand, we can also so easily, even when we pray, become self-focused. Even when we're praying for God's blessing, it's it's so easy to pray for God's blessing thinking that we, we deserve it. We're entitled to it. Or perhaps, on the flip side, Doubting he'll ever give it to us because we're so unworthy. It's so easy to pray for God's blessing just so that we can be happy, just so that we can be comfortable and enjoy life. It's so easy to pray for God's blessing, focusing more on our desires, on our feelings, than on God's purpose. That's why Psalm 67, a psalm that has been called the Lord's Prayer of the Old Testament, can be so helpful as we enter the new growing season and as we pray together for God's blessing on us materially and physically, yes, but also especially spiritually. You see, Psalm 67 is a prayer. It is, it's a prayer for God's blessing on His people. You see that in verse 1, right? When God's people pray, God be merciful to us and bless us. And then in verses 6 and 7, God's people express the strong confidence in His blessing them. God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. It's a prayer for God's blessing on us. But what's so noticeable about this psalm is is its focus. It's not a self-focused prayer for God's blessing. It's a God-focused all the way through. That's really what... We hope to learn as we look at this psalm together this evening. Also as we prepare our hearts to pray together for God's blessing. So we'll look at the psalm under the theme, A Prayer for God to Bless Us. And we have three thoughts. First, it's a prayer pleading His mercy. Secondly, it's a prayer desiring His glory. And thirdly, it's a prayer resting in His purpose. So a prayer pleading His mercy. A prayer desiring His glory and a prayer resting in his purpose. Verse 1 opens, it opens with these words, God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause thy face to shine 
upon us. Maybe children and young people, I can ask you tonight if you, those words are familiar to you. You might not recognize them right away, but, but they should sound a little bit familiar. Because they're based on a text that you hear almost every Lord's Day in church. Usually at the end of the evening service. It's that text at the end of Numbers 6. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This text is what we call the the benediction. It was the way God commanded Aaron and his sons to to bless Israel. And we, we still use it today in church. And that's the text this psalm, Psalm 67 verse 1, is is based on. The word translated merciful there is the same Hebrew word that's translated gracious in Numbers 6. So it's very close. But, But there's one important difference. Psalm 67 switches the order around. It begins with the plea for God to be gracious, for God to be merciful. God Be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. It it pleads God's mercy. And that's that's what we really want to highlight here in our first point. Why does the psalm begin that way? Why does it switch the order? What is it saying by beginning with God be merciful to us? Well, for one thing, it's it's saying, it's acknowledging our unbelief. Worthiness, isn't it? It's confessing that God's blessing on us is absolutely undeserved. There is nothing in us that makes us worthy of his blessing or entitled to his blessing. Whether that blessing is physical and material like good crops or or, or good prices for the crops or success in our business or our careers or, or whether that blessing is spiritual. And it's good, congregation, it's good to remember this when we pray. Also, as we look ahead to the new season and and pray for God's blessing. Because it's not natural. It's not natural for us to confess this. And you see that even in little children, don't you? We don't need to teach our children to demand things. They just naturally demand what, what they want. We have to teach them to ask for things politely. We have to teach them to not be demanding. We have to teach them that they are not entitled to whatever they want. Children, maybe you've heard your parents say to you something like this. Listen, you don't tell mom, you don't tell dad what to do. You need to ask. You ever have that? You ever have your parents say something like that to you? You can ask, but you don't tell. Our children have to be taught to be humble. And so do all of us. Even God's children. It's so easy to come in prayer and not be humble. It's so easy to think that we are are entitled to what we want. Lord, give us a good season. Give us good crops. Give us good prices. Give us success. And it's not just a matter of adding please or, or even God be merciful to us because we can say those words without even meaning them in our heart. We need to be taught, taught humility in our hearts. And not just once, but over and over again, all our life long. But how? 
How do we come to a sincere, heartfelt awareness of our dependence on the mercy of God? It's by seeing who we really are in relation to God. It's by seeing that we are sinners and that we are sinful. And that our being sinners whose sin is not just an unfortunate, unavoidable reality that we can't do anything about as if God just has to accept it. No, no, it's, it's recognizing seeing sin as willful rebellion against the almighty creator God, the God who made us and who gives us life, who is giving us every single breath you're taking this very moment. It's willful rebellion against the God who is perfect goodness and purity and holiness. The God who is so holy that he reveals himself in his word as a consuming fire. Our being sinners whose sin makes us completely unworthy of any blessing from God. Even worse, even worse, it makes us deserving, worthy of his curse of his judgment. That's what he declares in his word, both in the Old and New Testaments. Cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. I, I know, I know that God's people, true believers, are, are often called saints in the Bible. They are holy. They are set apart. They have a new identity in Christ. But so often, beloved, So often we don't live up to our new identity. We wish we did and we strive to, hopefully. But if we're honest, we don't live up to it. You haven't lived up to it. I haven't lived up to it. So often we live the old way. We still sin and we won't be rid of sin until the day we die. And our sins don't become less evil or less wicked in God's sight just because we're his children. Yes, they're forgiven in Christ, But it doesn't make them less evil. If anything, it makes them more. The point is this. Congregation, if we're entitled to anything this coming season, it's not God's blessing. It's God's curse on everything. Do we understand that? Well, when you do, when we do understand that, not just with our minds, but with our souls, with our hearts, in the very core of our being, then we learn also as a church body to pray, to pray for God's blessing on us, not thinking that he owes it to us, but pleading, God, be merciful to us. And in that way, in your mercy, O Lord, bless us and cause your face to shine upon us. So congregation, as we pray, may we remember, not just tonight, but every time we pray, always remember who we are and, who, and what we deserve by nature. So that when we ask him to bless us, we come to him, we, we do it humbly, confessing and, and forsaking our sins and, and casting ourselves on his mercy, pleading his mercy, pleading it humbly. But that doesn't mean pleading it hopelessly or pleading it despairingly. Because the reason, the reason you see this psalm prays for God's blessing, pleading his mercy, is not just because we ourselves are unworthy of his blessing, but it's also because he is merciful. God is gracious. 
The plea for mercy, congregation, is a plea for God to act according to who he is, according to his character. It's a plea that arises out of, out of God's own self-revelation in his word as a merciful and a gracious God. You know, it's not like when a soldier is captured by an enemy. Maybe children, sometimes you read stories about soldiers being captured and, and, and the soldier will say, well, have mercy on me to the enemy. He doesn't want to be tortured. He doesn't want to die. He hopes for mercy, but at most it's just a wild hope. He doesn't know. He doesn't know if the, if the enemy is going to, to kill him or to torture him or whatever. He doesn't know if the enemy will be gracious and merciful or not. But it's not like that with God. Do you remember where these words come from? They come from the blessing, the benediction that God himself commanded Aaron and his sons to give to Israel on his behalf. And don't forget, don't forget that God revealed himself to Moses that same way in Exodus 34 when he, when he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. Remember that, children? After, after Moses asked to see the Lord's glory and he hid him in the cleft of the rock and he passed by before him and he proclaimed his own name saying, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. So the people praying this psalm. They take all that. They take what God has revealed in his word. They take what what God has done for them in the past. They see the evidences piling up of his mercy to them in the past. And they plead as it were, Lord, be who you have said you are. Be who you have been to us in the past. Do what you have said you will do. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause thy face to shine upon us. Or to put it another way, to smile upon us. Because that's what makes a face shine, right? What makes a face shine is when it lights up with a smile. That's what they're asking for. In congregation, let that be an encouragement then for us to us to pray, to pray humbly, but, but to also pray with hope, with anticipation, yes, even with confidence. God loves to hear people pleading his own character, pleading his mercy, and you can be sure that when you plead with him for mercy from your heart, he will be merciful and blessed. Remember the story Jesus told? Remember that story of the publican and the Pharisee in Luke 18? The Pharisee thought he was a pretty good guy. He basically thanked God that, that he was not a sinner like others. He thought he deserved God's blessing. But then there was someone else a little ways away. A publican. Someone who was seen as among the worst of the sinners there could ever be. And how did he pray? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? I tell you, this man, this sinful publican, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be humbled, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Well, then let's pray for God's blessing. Pleading, pleading his mercy. But we must go on. This prayer for God's blessing is not only pleading God's mercy, it's also desiring God's glory. Look at verses 2 to 5 with me. 
After praying for God's blessing, the people tell God why they want his blessing. In verse 2, that thy way may be known upon earth, thy saving health, or better translation there is thy salvation, thy salvation among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Selah. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. What's it all about? It's about the glory of God, isn't it? Yes, the psalm prays for for God's blessing on his people, but what motivates that prayer is not primarily a desire for their own personal happiness or for their own comfort. What motivates the prayer for God's blessing is a desire for the worldwide glory of God. Isn't that interesting? If we wrote our prayers out, is that how we would continue? After verse 1, God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause thy face to shine upon us that, what? So that we might have this new machine that we're wanting. So that we might have good business deals this year. So that we may may be able to go on a nice vacation this year. So that we can relax a little more. God, be merciful to us and bless us so that we can save up some more for retirement, so that we don't have to work quite so hard, so that our church work can be easier and not so stressful. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little, but isn't that how our own prayers often tend to go? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying those things are necessarily wrong, but the question is, what motivates our prayers? For God's blessing on us. Also in this coming season. Is it this? That thy way may be known upon earth. Thy saving health. Thy salvation among all nations. What is verse 2 saying? It's saying we want thy blessing on us, O God. We want thy blessing Because we want people all over the world to know you, to know your salvation for themselves by coming to hear and to believe the gospel. We want our children and our young people to know him. We want our grandchildren to know him. We want our our parents and our grandparents to know him. We want our neighbors to know him. We want the people in our communities to know him. Whether that's here in Monarch, or whether that's in Orton, or in Fort McLeod, or whether that's in Colhurst, or Lethbridge, or Diamond City, or Carmengay, or, or Coldale, or Granham. Wherever we come from, we want, our, we want people to know, know the Lord. We want our family in Holland to know him. We want the world to know God. That's why we want God's blessing. Oh God, bless us so that thy way and thy salvation may be known, may be received, may be experienced in the earth among all nations. We want God's way and we want God's salvation to be known throughout the whole world. And we want his praise, his praise to be lifted high throughout 
by all the world. We see that in verses 3 to 5. Maybe you noticed that verses 3 and 5 are exactly the same. And that's important to notice because when Hebrew poetry does that, it often does that in order to draw attention to what's in the middle. In this case, verse 4. So verses 3 and 5 are like big arrows saying, look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. In verses 3 and 5, God's covenant people pray earnestly that God would bring all people. And the translation doesn't bring it out, but it should be all peoples, plural. Because every time the word people is used here, it's in the plural, just like the word nations in verses 2 and 4. God's people pray in verses 3 and 5 that he would cause all peoples to praise him. Now, of course, the Bible says that in a sense, one day all peoples will praise him. All people, including those who refuse to put their trust in him, including those who refuse to call upon him, will praise him. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess, will, will confess one day that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But that's not the kind of praise that God's people are, are praying for in this psalm. The kind of praise that God's people are praying for is not a forced praise. It's a joyful, joyful praise. Look at verse 4, the central verse. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. That's the kind of praise we're praying for, God's people desire. That's the kind of glory to God that motivates them to ask Him to bless them. God's people want the nations to, to praise Him and to sing for joy to Him. And for what reason? For thou shalt judge the peoples righteously or fairly and govern or guide the nations upon earth. Now obviously, obviously, congregation, the righteous judgment of God and the sovereignty of God over all nations is something to be happy about or joyful about only if he is your savior. If God in Christ isn't your savior, then God's justice and God's sovereignty should be terrifying. But you see, when he is your savior, then his justice and his sovereignty over all nations is something to sing about. It's something to rejoice in. Because he is your God. And he's, he's for you. And he's working all things together for your good. And so really God's people are praying here. My point is God's people are praying here for the salvation of all the nations so that God would be glorified as the great and the glorious Savior God. That's the great desire of God's people. That's the great reason why they want God to be merciful to them and bless them. And so we're here tonight. We're here tonight to pray for God's blessing on us. But why? Why? Let it be this, congregation. Let it be this, the worldwide glory of God. The salvation of the world. Yes, also including southern Alberta. Let it be the extension of his kingdom. The gathering in and the building up and the strengthening and the unifying and the, and the maturing of God's church. Because God is so God is so glorious. God is so worthy. 
Let that be our burning desire, congregation. Even if it means more stress for us. Even if it means more challenges. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be a blessing to, ha- to have to know what are we going to do? The, the pews are full and it's, it's overflowing. How are we going to deal with this problem? Wouldn't it be a blessing to have consistory meetings that, that would, would run late into the night? I'm not saying I, I like consistory meetings that run late into the night, but wouldn't it be a blessing if it was because of that reason? Because we need to make decisions. What are we going to do? Are we going to plant churches? Are we going to expand the building? Even if it means more work, let this be our desire. Even if it means less spending money for ourselves, let this be our prayer, this desire. And let it be evident then in how we use the blessings that God does give us in whatever way they come. And as we pray this way, congregation, let us pray it pleading his mercy, desiring his glory, and thirdly, resting in his purpose. We see that in verses 6 and 7. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Do you hear the confidence in those verses? Why? Why, why are the God's people so confident in his answer? Because they are resting in his purpose. You see, God's purpose is to bless, first of all, his people. Maybe you remember when God first called Abram in Genesis 12, when he told Abram to get out of his country and to get, get away from his relatives and to go to a land that God, God would show him. And then in Genesis 12, verse 2, God promised Abram that he would make of him a great nation and would bless him. That was God's purpose. And that included not just Abram, but, but his descendants, the, the people of Israel. God makes that very clear also with the benediction. The blessing in number six that he commands Aaron and his sons to give to Israel. After commanding them, if you read the very end of number six, he says, they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. God's purpose is to bless his people. And that includes taking care of their physical needs. So the people of Israel could be confident that that as they would trust and obey him, the earth would yield her increase. God had promised that and he had promised even more that he would walk among them and he would be their God and they would be his people. God's purpose is to bless his people and Psalm 67 rests in that purpose. And so can we, congregation, as we trust and obey God too. He's our God. He's our faithful God. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we should expect God to give us everything we want or ask for. It doesn't mean necessarily that we won't lose any crops to hail or to drought or to insects. It doesn't mean necessarily that we'll, we'll make a profit even. But it does mean we can and should expect him to meet, to supply our needs. Also in this coming year, even, even if it's through trials and troubles. Because that's his purpose. That's his promise. 
My God, said Paul to the Philippians from a jail cell, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God's purpose is to bless his people. So let's pray. Let's pray tonight and going forward from tonight for his blessing, resting on him and his purpose to bless us, letting him work out the details of what that looks like. And yes, let's pray for his blessing, resting in his purpose to bless the nations through us. That too was God's purpose with Abraham. And thou, Abraham, God said, shall be a blessing, and in thee shall all families, all the nations of the earth be blessed. And we know how that promise was fulfilled, right? It was fulfilled in Jesus Christ who came and redeemed his people from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for them. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That what? That the blessing, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Congregation Christ, Christ is the reason why we can pray for blessing, God's blessing, with confidence. Because he has come to bring blessing to all who trust in him. He did that. How? By dying on the cross. And so he blesses his people. And now as he sits at his father's right hand in heaven, he blesses them. He went up to heaven blessing his people. And he blesses them so that his way may be known in the earth and his salvation among the nations. Remember the Great Commission. All authority, Jesus said, has been given to me. Go ye therefore, making disciples of all nations. So let's pray for God's blessing on us. Let's pray for God's blessing on us, pleading his mercy desiring his glory and resting in his purpose. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, God, creator God, Almighty God, holy and just and good and gracious and merciful God, our God. Lord, we come before you this evening as a congregation, having meditated these minutes on this psalm, this portion of your word. And we bow, O Lord, in humble praise and adoration of you. We have heard and been reminded of your mercy and your grace. That, that is your character. That you are merciful, that you are gracious, that you are slow to anger and abounding, abundant in loving kindness. We have been reminded that you are the God who rules and who rules in perfect righteousness and who is sovereign over all the nations, who governs all the nations, who guides them, 
And Lord, when we know you by faith in Christ, what a, what a blessing, what a comfort that is. That we can come trusting you to guide us, even as Psalm 23 describes your guiding your sheep, leading them in the paths of righteousness for your own namesake. Oh Lord, we thank you that you have gathered a church here in this part of southern Alberta, and you have called us to be part of the church and called us to be here also tonight. And as we pray to you, O oh Lord, we ask that you would help us, help us to pray, teach us to pray. Lord, we acknowledge that if you had not been willing, if it had not been your purpose to make your salvation known and your way known in the, all the earth, not one of us would be here. Not one of us would be praying ever. Not truly. But it is only because of your sovereign grace that we may be here tonight and we may be praying to a being who is all-powerful, who is able to hear and who is willing to hear our prayers. We acknowledge, O oh Lord, that by nature, by nature we deserve not your blessing, but we deserve your curse. Lord, we acknowledge that we have sinned, that we are sinners. And so, Lord, we come pleading, pleading your mercy. And we come pleading your mercy, humbly but also in hope and in courage. We take courage, O oh Lord, because your word declares you to be a merciful God. And we take courage as we can look back on our lives and see all the times, countless times, you have showed us mercies over and over again. And we pray, O Lord, as we confess our sins, and as we turn away from them, that you would not deal with us according to our, as our sins deserve, that you would look upon us in mercy that you would look upon us in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, mercy incarnate, and wash all of our sins away. And do not remember our iniquities, O Lord. We pray, O Lord, as we ask for your blessing, we ask, first of all, that our lives would be enabled and empowered by your Holy Spirit to glorify and bring honor to your name. So help us against sin. Help us to hate it. Help us to forsake it. Help us to fight against it. Help us to grow in holiness and to increase in the knowledge of God. Lord, we pray for our spiritual well-being, but we also pray for our physical health. We ask, O oh Lord, that for your glory, you would be pleased to preserve us in health and to restore to health those who are sick. And if it should be your will, if it should be your will that we do not receive healing, if it should be your will that we get sick, if it should be your will even that we would die this year, this season, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would use the sufferings and the struggles physically to still bring glory to your name. 
through our confidence in you, through our dependence on you, that we would be a testimony to the world around us. We know, O Lord, it's often when the world sees how Christians respond to suffering, that it's then they begin to ask, well, what makes the difference? And so, Lord, we pray that we would receive your blessing in all circumstances and that we would testify to your blessing. We pray, O Lord, for our church, for the church worldwide, but also for the entire church, or our church, rather, in Monarch. We ask, O Lord, that you would be merciful to us and that you would bless us and that you would cause your face to shine upon us. We pray that you would feed us, O Lord. Feed us in the green pastures of your word. Give us a hunger to know you, a hunger for your word, a hunger for the truth of God. Give us a a holy discontentment to stay where we are and a a burning zeal, a burning hunger to grow, to, to know you and to love you, to know your grace in our lives. We pray, O Lord, that you would, your saving power would be evident in our midst of the congregation, among our our children and our youth. Lord, would you work, work by your Holy Spirit, melting hard hearts, softening hearts, opening hearts, coming into hearts with your Holy Spirit, making them willing, making them willing in the day. Let it be a a, a season of your power among us, O Lord. Those who are struggling, perhaps, those who are struggling to believe, those who are struggling to trust in you would, would be freed from the chains that are holding them back. They would give themselves to you. And we pray that not just for our children and young people, but for older ones too. And, and for all of us, O oh Lord, that whatever might hold us back in our service to you and in our trusting faith in you, that it would be taken away. And you would draw us to yourself with cords, with the cords of your love, of your everlasting love. We pray, O Lord, that you would keep us faithful. Keep us faithful as a church and give us a, give us a zeal, give us a, a, a desire, a burning desire for your salvation to be made known in the earth, here in Monarch and throughout the world. Help us, O Lord, in speaking to people. We know it's not easy. It's so hard. Also in an in a, in a area that has so much and people feel, generally speaking, little need of God. Lord, help us not to worry about those things, but to just be bold, to be courageous, and to have the words to speak. Give us the words we need by your Holy Spirit. Fill us and empower us to be the witnesses of Christ that we are called to be. And change hearts, O Lord. We cannot change them, but you can. So, Lord, we pray that you would bless your church, bless your people, fulfill your promise to provide their needs, and keep us, keep us, Keep all your people from spiritual laziness and from sloth, from pride, from disobedience. Be present with us, Lord. Do not forsake your church. We pray especially for those 
Dear brothers and sisters whom we don't know, but who are persecuted for your namesake, Lord, we ask that you would especially uphold them and give them the courage they need to stand firm, to stand fast, to be faithful, to not lose courage, that they would have the boldness they need to testify of Christ. Even, Lord, that they, by their testimony, would be a means in your hand to convert those who persecute them. Lord, we pray especially tonight for a blessing on our work. Also, in view of the spring and summer season, we pray for all the farmers here as they look forward to putting their crops in the ground. In due time, O oh Lord, we pray that you would bless their labors and bless their, the, the, the seeds, Lord, that they would sprout and in due time bring a, a good harvest. Oh Lord, we pray that not just for the farmers here, but for the farmers throughout our land throughout the world, really, how dependent we are on, on them and on, on you ultimately, of course, to bless the seed. And so we, we ask for your blessing and your help, for your protection from, from things like hail and, and other things that could damage the crops. We pray, Lord, that the earth would yield her increase. Bless the livestock, O oh Lord, that they too would remain healthy and that they would also be a means of providing food for people as well. We pray that you would bless the, the prices, O oh Lord, that will be. We ask that they would be good prices for the crops, for the animals. We think of our groceries too that we buy in the grocery store, that, Lord, we would have sufficient, neither too much or too little. And we'd have su- sufficient so that we can supply our needs and give for the work of your kingdom. Bless us in all our work, O Lord, whether that's in farming or construction, in the trades, whether it's in teaching, in administration, in office, in the medical world, scientific world. Lord, there's so many areas we are involved in and we need your blessing. So we pray for your, your help. Lord, we give thanks for the, all the ways we can be involved in also supporting our economy, supporting different people, O oh Lord. We pray that as we do so, we may be a Christian influence for good, a means of, of bringing the gospel even to the nations in that way. We pray for our country. We ask that you'd have mercy on our leaders. Lord, that you would give them wisdom in the daily tasks they have. We pray, Lord, especially that they would be humbled, not just our national leaders, our provincial leaders, but also our world leaders and our even municipal leaders. Lord, that those who don't know you would be, be humbled and would, would confess your name. We, we see so many changes and it bothers us. There's so many things that come, seem to be coming down the way and restricting more and more our freedoms. And so, Lord, we bring this to you and we know that you can yet change things and you can change hearts and you have changed the hearts of rulers in the past and we pray that you would do the same today. We pray that you would bring revival also to the West, also to our own nation. We pray, O oh Lord, that even if things would get worse, we would be able to trust in you, to rest in your sovereign power over all nations, knowing that you will set all things right in your time. We pray for our marriages, for our family life, Lord, would you help us in this area especially? It seems like this is the area where we most often can so easily sin and 
struggle. And so we pray, O Lord, that you would help us to be godly husbands and wives and godly fathers and mothers. You would help us in raising our children in the fear of the Lord. That you would bless all of our efforts, Lord, however, however much failure we see in ourselves. Lord, that you would yet bless them so that our children would, by your grace, come to know you and to trust in you early in life. Bless them in their education, Lord, our children and young people, as they learn many things and they prepare for entering the workforce in, in, in due time, O oh Lord. We pray that their, their desire would be to know what you would have them to do, what you may be calling them to do. And that through them also as they enter the workforce, also there the gospel of grace would be made known. Bless also all of our efforts at missions and evangelism. Lord, we think of our local area here. We pray that you would bless us so that we might bring glory to your name and that we might be a means also in your hand, that your way would be known here in, in this area. So bless our personal efforts at telling others the gospel. Bless our efforts and plans as a church also as we seek to reach ways to reach out and to help each other in telling others about the gospel, about Jesus Christ. Bless the work of different organizations. We think of uh, Lethbridge uh, Pro-Life um, Center. Lord, as they seek to help and come alongside mothers, Lord, we pray that you bless their work. Bless the the work of the soup kitchen in different communities, O oh Lord, and grant that all these ways, bless, bless also the work of other Christians, faithful Christians and faithful churches in this area too, O oh Lord, that we might be united in, in bringing the gospel of grace to, to our neighbors. And you bless it all for the salvation of many, for the glory of your name. We pray for the, your, your blessing too in this way and the work of our denomination. We think of our Home missionary pastor, Young J. Lee, working in New Jersey and New York with the Koreans. Bless him as he works among that, that nation, Lord, and grant that it would bear fruit to your praise and to your glory. Bless the work of Puritan Reform Seminary, of Mukanyu Seminary in South Africa, through all these means, O oh Lord. May they be steps, ways, that your way would be known. And so we pray, Lord, that prayer that was repeated in Psalm 67 as we conclude. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. For we pray it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.